Hey, good morning. This is Moms in Real Estate. I'm Angela Fazio, and I am so excited for our guest today, Tiffany Richardson. She has so many accolades. I don't even know where to start. 40 under 40. She's been in the business for about 15 years, and she's on track to do 20 million this year. She's a fantastic woman of God, and I am so excited. So let's get started. Angela Fazio is an industry powerhouse who has overseen 40,000 homes sold and 9 billion in production. And Kristen Cantrell is one of the nation's most accomplished team leaders, helping thousands of agents build their businesses. They are passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering moms in real estate. Our next episode starts now. Hey, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Kristen. So I am so excited to talk with you today, Tiffany. So tell us just a little bit about yourself. Well, um, moved here when I was three and uh, grew up in Fountain Hills. I'm a mother of a two and a six year old and we live in Gilbert, Arizona. Nice. What are their names? Madeline and Marilyn, Maddie and Mary. Oh, that's cute. Nice names. You're, you're so similar to me because mine are four and five. So I feel like just so drawn to you. Like, yes, we're going through the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been through it. Oh, Kristen, wait, total segue. I got Bentley's scorecard. I can't wait to tell you. My youngest, my youngest two are adopted. So I have six kids and my youngest two are adopted. And at the moment, Mr. Bentley is at a little camp for behavior <laughs> because he's having a hard time. And I got his scorecard today. It's hilarious. Oh, I can't wait to hear no, right. So you are such an accomplished realtor. Tell us a little bit about your business. Like, how did you get started? And, you know, you've been in for 15 years. It's a long time. But tell us, why did you get into real estate in the first place? Um, actually, it was kind of through chance. I was serving tables at Kona Grill in Scottsdale. Um, I had purchased my first house at the age of 19 with my own funds from savings purchased my second condo at 21. Um, I was just about to finish college with a marketing degree at ASU. And some realtors that were regulars said, you know, why don't you get your license? You're already influencing people. Cause I was telling people, why are you renting when you can buy? Like, look what I'm doing. I bought a $70,000 condo and rented a room. So um, I said, okay, I should do it. And one of them paid the $400 for me to go to school and I paid him back after and I was in it six months. And um, at that time, there really wasn't teams. So I was under him, but didn't feel like I got anything. I was just doing it and giving a split. So I went out on my own and just rocked and rolled and never looked back. I love awesome. that. And you know what? You told me something about and it kind of, you know, listening to your story right now and how you got into it. You gave a piece of advice to realtors on when you're new in the business and asking other people for to sit down and have coffee and ask them to share, you know, their insights with them. You want to share a little bit more about that? Yeah, actually, the 40 under 40, when I first applied or knew about that, um, I never and I got the war, never realized how important the relationships were in the business. So it was probably year eight. Um, and 40 under 40 was wonderful because you realized how many different organizations there are to get involved in, in the industry, how much people in the industry do for our industry. Um, and then asking people for help when I got in, I completely invented the wheel. I just went, you know, customer service feet in wherever somebody needed something, I was there. Um, and you know, the first year I think I did eight or 10 deals. So nothing crazy, but enough to like, make um, an amazing living considering I was coming from the service industry. Yeah. And um, 
I didn't realize that I could ask people like Russell Shaw, hey, would you go to breakfast first with me? I thought that they thought I would be their competition. And you know, 15 years in it, when people come to me and say, oh, I'm thinking about getting my license. My question is for them, like, are you ready to work hard and really serve people? Because I get calls at 10, 11 at night. I'm up at four in the morning. I um, sometimes have to take my kids to a showing. So you, you have to make work for your clients what they need. Um, but going and asking for advice from other people who have been there. I wish I would have done that sooner. I didn't do that to year eight. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that from there, I really blossomed even more. Um, I definitely got deals because people knew my name. Um, my reputation is um, good. So there's just so much more to it just than yourself. So open up and, and communicate with other people and you can be better together. I totally agree. Kristen and I are like passionate about great collaboration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, when you talk about, you know, eight years in the business before you realize that hopefully somebody listening is a lot newer than that, that can take your advice and, and not wait that long to go and get help from others and collaborate with others for sure. Yeah. Some people don't be discouraged if you try to collaborate with someone and they're like, I'm not telling you because I have secrets. Just move on. <laughs> yeah, find another. There's so many out there. there another, are. another huge thing is I love meeting um, people from the service industry because they make such good agents. Um, yeah. and, and so when I heard your story, I'm like, of course, she's, you know, used to serve tables because you do, you bring so much, like you're just a people person. And I love that you dove into it and became so successful. And I worked in different aspects of the serving, so all, all the way to the bar industry to fine dining. So um, even when I went from the fine dining back to the bar, I took that um, knowledge with me. So I would wipe down the table before I put down the check and all of that um, matters. And even today, I have to remind myself like, okay, stay present in the moment, stay present in their excitement because we do a lot behind the scenes that's stressful and they don't see. So just to be mindful of, okay, How's the service side of this looking? Is, uh, is everybody excited and happy? And uh, so there's so much that we do in our business. That's the truth. And I recruit um, waiters and waitresses all the time into the industry because if they, if they are excellent at serving at a restaurant and like paying attention to the details and having good process and procedure, that totally translates. Uh, waiters and waitresses and teachers too. A lot of teachers make great real estate agents. So true. So tell us about like, what has been, other than I heard you say, which is such a pain point for so many real estate agents, it was true for me, that this whole reinventing the wheel thing, right? But tell us about some other things that you had to overcome to get to the success you are today. Um, gosh, overcoming the success, okay. Um, that's a hard question. So I think, you know, when my mom joined me 10 years ago, that was really helpful because the market had crashed and we started doing a lot more volume. So when I brought more people on with me and could divide up the work, um, at first I thought by giving away percentages, you know, you're giving away money, but you can actually do more when you can be more places. So uh, I think a challenge over overcome is leverage. Mm -hmm. That is so true because we, I was just having a conversation with, with someone, it was yesterday and we were talking about how small minded it is to think in the saving mode or the, like, I need to mm -hmm. keep it. I, I need to preserve instead of people just don't understand when you, when you have a 
a, a growth mindset and you want to bring in people and resources and whatever to come alongside you, you exponentially grow. It's those people who are like, I'm not going to pay fees and I'm not going to go hire anyone and I'm not going to get a transaction coordinator that they stay very small. Yep. Yeah. That it's is that maybe you opened up about four or five years ago for me and um, it gives you a better quality of life. Yeah, that's for sure. So I know that you, one of the things that is dear to my heart is that you are a woman of faith. So talk about how that pl that plays out in your life. We have a very stressful job if it's, um, you know, the transaction to just getting things done to emotions, to hard situations. And um, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So, you know, when I have God, I can really speak with him and tell him what's going on and I can give it to him so that I can, you know, walk away because our job doesn't leave. I, my job is in my home. So um, I, I'm just so thankful for what he's done. And I have seen so many blessings. That's the cool thing about um, being a believer and seeing what happens just, you know, when my clients get the house over other people that really in a business decision, they should have taken another offer or cash offer um, to like true, oh my God, moments of miracles where it, it just shouldn't have happened and it happened and it worked out. So it's neat to, to be a part of that. That's for sure. I, I know that my heart like sees the, the things to be grateful for far outshining those, all of those hard things. If you can't keep your eyes on gratefulness, then everything's quite overwhelming, especially in our business, because we're dealing with clients always in a stressful situation. They're either getting married or getting divorced or having kids or losing a job or getting a job or, or somebody dies. I mean, there's never just the moving, right? Sure. Oh my gosh. Or just the house hunting. So <laughs> there's a lot to it. Yeah, there is. There is. People who have a servant's heart in this industry are the people who will will um, get the most out of it and have the most success, in my opinion. And that is so how you are, Tiffany. You can like just feel it. Every time you talk, it's like you're just, you love to serve. And I love that. Got it for my mama. <laughs> She's an angel on the earth if you ever meet her. <laughs> okay. One thing you skipped over when you were talking is um, when you bought your first home, you'd saved your own money. Where? How did you do that? I need everyone to know. Oh my God. So my parents, I really owe it to all of them. They're amazing. When I was 15, I got a job at McDonald's and then worked at a um, busing tables at a golf course. And I literally didn't spend my money. So my parents were always good savers and, and put and instilled in us good saving um, practices. So when I was 19, they found a house that was off market and said, Tiffany, you're going to buy this house. I'm like, it's a $240,000 house. I'm going to college. Like, really? Okay. So I put, I think 4% down and purchased a home. Um, once I had to borrow a thousand dollars and I paid them back, but um it was pretty amazing that I was able to do that. So when I was 15, they said, get credit cards. So I got three credit cards to establish my credit. Um, by the time I was 19, I was able to afford the house by myself. That's so, crazy. So you you're about that story. There's two things that's crazy about that. First of all, did you, did you say it was your parents that encouraged you to go down that path? Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. First so of all, that your parents. Okay. That's, that's cool. Cause we, there's a lot of good parents out there that they, they encourage you. But you know what the amazing thing is? <laughs> self-listened. So I'm the third of four girls and I always like to watch what everybody else did wrong so I could do everything right. 
<laughs> so super type A, went to, you know, tried to get scholarships. I got a half ride scholarship to ASU. I worked 40 hours a week to pay for the other. So I graduated debt free. So I'm really good with finances because I, I've seen my parents really struggled and my mom, my dad's handicapped and my mom had four girls and she took care of my dad, had a bed and breakfast, took care of rentals. And I mean, my mom is the hardest working person I think I've ever met. And they, you have to save. So they did that at a really, really young age. And I'm passionate about helping young kids uh, or talk about, you know, credit and money because it, it's so important that they understand the value. Um, I have a great story about my daughter and this $20 yard selling ring she cried over. And I'm like, you can't have it. No, I'm sorry. It's a $20 ring. So the next day I gave her $20. I said, count to 20. And we counted to every single dollar all the way to 20. I said, I will let you spend this however you want. And at the end of the day, she had $3 left. And I said, would you trade everything from yesterday for or today for that one ring? She said, Absolutely not, mama. She had money to save and tithe and give. So it's important to tell people about really the value of a, of a dollar. Did you bring them through the Dave Ramsey stuff? No, I mean, I've been through it, but no, my, my kids are six and two, so. Yeah. Well, they have, they have a little kid version. Oh, right? yeah? Yeah, they have a kid version. I tried to get my kids to go through it and they were like not that excited at all. Although well, my dad that in high school, he, get, he actually gets finan financial peace at high school, which I was like, Ooh, finally. <laughs> That's so cool. I think there needs to be more people that are passionate about teaching kids that because you don't learn it in school. And I mean, I didn't learn any of that until I was older. At all. I, learned, I learned from my mom. I mean, she didn't overtly say this is what you do, but we had no money. So I was very aware of how she worked and how she, you know, whatever she did got right down deep inside me. So I was always really careful because I don't want to be broke. I'm, I am not afraid of money. I don't want to be broke ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I think that do, how do you, when you say you're passionate about giving back to kids and that, like teaching them that, like, do you go and like talk somewhere or what do you do? I've done a few public speaking at like schools um, or volunteered in that way. Um, you know, I'm volunteering when I do give my time and talents, it's to ICANN, improving Chandler area neighborhoods. Things, it's been kind of a weird year. So actually, I don't think I've done much of volunteering, but more just giving generously. Um, I think everybody, it's been an odd year for everybody. Yeah, it has. <laughs> so you, uh, you have this big goal of getting to uh, 20 million this year. What are some, tell our audience, what are some of the things when you make your goals or when you're, when you're um, looking for new growth or whatever, what are some of the practical ways that you put things in place so that you have the best chance to reach that goal? So I know a lot of people have like procedures and that I am a little bit more fly by the seat of my pants and run. Um, but honestly, a little um, three by five card, I write the goals that I want. I want to have a baby this year. We haven't gotten there. I wanted to do 20 million and um, hire an assistant. So kind of those are the things that um, were my goals. And a lot of it, I believe, is just putting it out there. So I, uh, four years ago, I was talking to my friend who does a lot more in production. And I was like, gosh, how do you do that? She's like, I just write higher goals. Because so like, my goal was to do 10 million. I kept doing 10 million. She's like, you need to double your goal. I'm like, there's no way I can sell 20 million. There's no way. That's a lot. And she's like, just write it down. So and then I was just more intentional. And when you start closing, 
the you know a few million in a month you can see how it actually is possible and then i follow up a little bit more um but it was also a very tough year it was a lot of work so you know you have to look at what cost so that's where okay fine we'll do more leveraging and i have to focus on the quality of life so first needs to be god second needs to be my family and then from there so you even though you make these goals you have to truly continue to have the balance because um, you cannot put work first. You know, we talk a lot about on this show balance and prioritizing and things like that. And I, it, it, we always get to that topic, always. Like, how do you prioritize and what's important to you and how do you spend your time? And, and I really think that one of the most valuable things that I've learned through talking to so many successful women is that first of all, there's no such thing as perfect balance. That's a ridiculous notion. And to have the grace to, with yourself to know that there are seasons, you know, God is, yes, God is first. Yes, my husband and my family are second. And yes, work goes under that. But there are some times where I have to allow work to be first for a minute, you know, and that's okay. As long as we get back to those places where we know that we have our priorities in order. What do you think about that? <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> I don't. I. I've never had balance. I've never experienced perfect balance, and I don't even care if I never do. I think it's a farce. <laughs> well, in our industry, if you get slow for a few days, you're like, oh, nobody's called for three days. <laughs> but then I'm like, who cares? Sit down and enjoy it. Nobody's calling. Oh my gosh! But. <laughs> You just get so used to it. So I think even at 38, you're, you're, we're somewhat addicted to our phone. So I'm like, okay, set it down. It's okay. Nothing's going to happen. But we get so used to looking at it all the time and being reactive and, you know, doing all the file works that, you know, we got to take a break from it. Yeah. Well, what advice can you give your listeners, whether it be about life or work or family, anything that you can just think little words of wisdom that maybe you wish somebody would have told you or that you just know is really helpful? Uh, well, what we had discussed earlier about definitely meeting with people that you admire and look up to. Um, my new agents that start with me, I tell them to get involved in something that they're passionate about. Um, it's amazing how many people I've met through the Lions Club where I volunteer or my mom's group, Mother's a Preschooler, or my church. Um, you know, it could be absolutely anywhere. And you're always representing yourself. So um, just you know, keep that in mind anywhere you are, that you you are your business in the face of the business. But um, I think that people really need to start with being authentic and genuine and people want to work with people they like. And um, when they trust you and know that you are going to do a great job and you have their best interest at heart, um, they'll continue to be loyal to you. That's so true. Well said. Well said. Very so I want to thank you so much for sharing some stories and your life with us. And um, it's a pleasure to know you. Any last words, Miss Kristen? No, you were awesome. So happy to have you on. Thanks, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Please tune in every week so you can learn from beautiful, wonderful women like Tiffany. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.